0: Christmas Eve, here we are. I hope you've done all the shopping. Yes? Who hasn't done all their shopping? Who's going to uh, the BP later to get some good Christmas gifts? Wow, that's amazing. I, I bought the last Christmas gift this afternoon at uh, 3 o'clock. And I went to the store and it was closed. And then I went to another store that was next to it, well, a couple of up, and it was closed. So I thought, oh, dear Lord, what am I going to do? If I don't get this person a Christmas gift, they're going to be very angry with me. But Paul is going to be excited tomorrow. (laughs) So I went to a different store that I just took the random chance on, and exactly what I wanted was there. So it's great. Well... We're going to read a portion of scripture from the book of Matthew chapter 2 and we have been doing a series called The Bright Morning Star and of course that is, Jesus. thank you very much, it's Jesus, it's all about Jesus, we need to keep Jesus at the centre of our life regardless of what we're going through and this evening it's seeking Jesus and I've called this message Star Trek the original, because the wise men were on a Star Trek. They were to boldly go where no one had been before, to seek out new lands, to visit different people. A Star Trek, and that's really what it was, the Star Trek, the original. What amazing type of thing. It came to me one morning as I was looking at this message, I thought, that's the original Star Trek. One of the great adventures you can have in life is finding Jesus. And one of the great adventures you can have in life is finding Jesus again and again and again and again, having an ongoing continual revelation. You know, Paul prayed that he said to the church, of Ephesus, I pray that God would give you the spirit of wisdom and revelation, an ongoing revelation of Jesus. Some people will never seek Jesus. Some people will never seek out the truth. Some people will say there's no such thing as truth or what is truth? I'm always astounded when I'm hearing Pilate saying to Jesus, what is truth? He didn't know and he was a great leader at that time. Some people will find the truth and they will find it hard to take and simply avoid the truth. And by doing so, they will miss out on the greatest journey that God has for us, and that is finding Jesus, who is truth. So I've called this message, Star Trek, the original. Let's read Matthew chapter 2, verse 1 and 9, and see how it all unfolds. And I want you to think about how these wise men, the Magi, actually found Jesus. And that's what we're going to share about this evening. Jesus was born in Bethlehem in Judea during the reign of King Herod. About that time, some wise men from the eastern lands arrived in Jerusalem asking, where is the newborn King of the Jews? We saw his star as it rose and we have come to worship him. King Herod was deeply disturbed when he heard this as was everyone in Jerusalem. So not only Herod, but everyone in Jerusalem, because Herod was looking after them at this time. He called a meeting of the leading priests and teachers of religious law and asked, where is the Messiah? Where is he supposed to be born? And this is how they replied, in Bethlehem in Judea, for this is what the prophet wrote, And you, O Bethlehem, the land of Judah, and not least amongst the ruling cities of Judah, for a ruler will come from you, who will be the shepherd of my people Israel. Then Herod, he called for a private meeting with the wise men. And he learned from them the time when the star first appeared. And then he told them, go to Bethlehem, search carefully for the child, And when you find him, come back and tell me so that I can go and worship him too. After this interview, the wise men went their way and the star they had seen in the east guided them to Bethlehem. It went ahead of them and stopped over the place where the child was. We have in this incredible record from Matthew about how Jesus came to be found by the wise men. And I believe there are things in here that can help us to continually find Jesus and what we need to be aware of. So the question is, is how do you find Jesus? We live in a world that is so full on. It is so absorbing of our time and our energy, our emotions, our thinkings. But do we take the time to stop and seek Jesus. Matthew records how the wise men found him. How do you find Jesus? Well, we can see in this story, the first thing that took place is that they stepped out in faith. If you are going to find Jesus continually, you need to step out by faith. In verse 2, we see that the wise men, or the magi, saw his star arise. And that set them on a course, set them on a journey, set them on a discovery to find the newborn king of the Jews, the Messiah. And as they set out, the star began to direct them. You know, these magi, as we have spoken about previously, they were part of the Persians and the Medes. They were actually the Medes that were kind of like swallowed up by the Persians. And the distance from boundary to boundary of the Medes and the Persians is somewhere between 640 to 1,100 kilometers from their place to Bethlehem. And that's some distance. And there's great debate of how long it actually took them to come to Bethlehem. And they obviously traveled by camel because they were the intelligentsia of the day. They were the wise men. They were well respected. And we know that if a sacrifice was going to be made, it could not be made unless a magi was there. So they're in the upper class of their society. And they would be traveling by camel in a train. And we, we, we speak of a, we three kings of Orient are. But we believe that there were more than three. But we say that because of the gifts that they gave of gold and frankincense and myrrh. And they would have travelled by camel. Now, the average camel would travel about 30 kilometres a day. If you had a good camel that was well-tuned, filled up, had his uh, hoofs ready to go, 30 kilometres. And if they're travelling about 1,100 kilometres, it's a It could have been anywhere between 20 and 40 days at a minimum on camel. I don't know if you've ever sat on a camel, but it certainly is not as comfortable as you think it would be. It would be the same kind of distance if we were to travel all the roads on the outside of Australia about 40 days if we did about 400 kilometers a day for about 40 days. That's some distance that they travel. And so they set out. They see his star rise and they begin to follow it. But somewhere along the, the way, the star disappeared. Because they say, we saw his star, but now we, we don't know where to go. You know, what do you do when you're on a journey to finding Jesus And that which began to direct you and show you which way to go, what do you do? What do you do? The simple answer is this, you keep seeking. You keep knocking. You see, this is where the whole story changes. As they're setting out to find Jesus, they end up in Jerusalem because that's probably the next big place. And they didn't know where to go. And when they arrived in Jerusalem, Jerusalem at that time was an incredibly impressive city. It was a huge city because Herod had rebuilt the temple and all the Jews were excited about that. He had built a new royal palace. He'd actually put in a new amphitheater. There were great towers Jerusalem, at that time, historians will say that it was at its absolute height. There was no better city at that time in, you know, that region that Jerusalem was. Their resources were expanding. Their wealth was expanding. The city was expanding. And then we have these guys who come from the east. And they come into this city that's very multi National with different nations, with people with different languages and different experiences. And I'm telling you, this city is a buzz. I mean, if you've ever been to Vegas and you've seen the bright lights of Vegas, you go, Whoa, what's happening here? I mean, it's it's just like fancy lights in the middle of nowhere, and they arrive and they're tired. And they're probably, you know, had some challenges along the way and they come to this great city. And what do you do in a situation like that? The star's gone, they're in a city. What do you do? Here's what I've found every time when I've gone to seek Jesus and to pursue him at a different level or a greater revelation. This is what I've also observed sometimes in the life of other people. They get tired. We get tired in life. Life can be so busy. I hear the cry of the 21st century is I'm so busy, I'm so tired, I just feel like I need to stop and breathe and take it in. It's just like, oh, just one more thing, one more thing. And we shouldn't be tired. We should be well rested. You know, in the book of Hebrews, it talks about the children of Israel who did not enter into their rest because of the lack of faith that they had. You know what God instructs us at the very beginning of the book of Genesis? He says, work six days and on day seven, rest. God tells us we should rest. I wonder if these guys were pursuing Christ, the Messiah, the newborn king of the Jews, and and they're going and they're going and they're going and they're going, and they come to Jerusalem, a city that's, whoa, everything's happened And they go, oh, I think we should just park the camels here and the caravans here. We get tired. We shouldn't be tired. We should be the most energized people on the face of the earth, folks. I've never had God crack the whip against my back and say, come on, bit faster, Pastor Jim. Usually it's just me that's cracking the whip. We get tired. Second thing is, when we're seeking him, we get distracted. I can imagine these guys coming into the city and it's just kind of like full on, bright lights, things are happening, new food. Who likes new food, different food? You know, food from the nations. I mean, I love everything except for cabbage and uh, cabbage. (laughs) That's all. But I love new food. I love the excitement of new places. And they, they, they probably got a little bit distracted because of the bright lights of Jerusalem. Do you ever get distracted when you're reading your Bible? When you go to prayer? When you're seeking Him? And something pops in your head and you thought, oh, maybe I'll put that washing on. Oh, I should put one more teaspoon of sugar in my coffee before I can sit down and just take it all in. We get distracted. We get distracted by the things of the world when Jesus wants us to pursue him. He wants us to press in and see him, who he is and what he's done for us. We get distracted by this and that. I wonder if the Magi were slightly distracted by the lights of the bright city of Jerusalem. You know, not everything that glistens is gold. And not everything that looks good is good for you. There's a shop on on Avenue. Shop 3, number 321 Honor Avenue. And sometimes I get distracted by this shop. I look in that shop window and there's all these little sparkly things and colourful things. And this shop is called Lick ice cream. <laughs> it looks good. You know that rum and raisin or the... Oh, I'll stop right there. But we get distracted by things that look good, but they're not good for us. They take us away. Why? Because there's a battle going on for your attention, folks. And Jesus wants us to pursue him and find him. So we can kind of like get tired and get distracted. But there's one other thing that I found that probably stops people more than anything else. That stops them from seeking him is they get hurt. They get hurt. You know, people say things. They do things, they take advantage of you, and they hurt you. You know, they did that to Jesus. They hurt him, but he did all the great things for him. We get hurt, and we can stay in that place of hurt, or we can decide to push past the hurt. We can decide to move beyond the hurt. But here's the thing that I found. With me, I don't know about you, but when something happens that hurts me, I ask a question. And we have to be wise in the questions that we ask because sometimes our questions are not good. And the most common question that comes after being hurt is this Why? Why, God? Why, God, did this happen to me? It's not the right question for a person of faith. It's not the question that we should park and hang on to that hurt. The question that we should be asking is not why God, but how God can I get through this? How can I move beyond this God? If we truly believe that all things are working together for good, then we say, okay, God, I'm in the midst of this. How? Can I get through it? Because I know that sometimes God will not answer my question why it happens, but he will always answer the question of how I can get through it. Always. Trust in the Lord with all your heart. Lean not to your own understanding. In all your ways acknowledge him and he will direct your paths. I will lead you and guide you into all truth, says the Lord. How, God, do I get through this? That's the question. And so these wise men, they come into this city, maybe tired, maybe distracted, maybe hurt. Who knows? We've got to go past the hurt. We want to know him more. We want to receive greater revelation. Are you satisfied with everything that you know of Jesus? And what he can do for you. Because if you are, then your life has just stopped. Paul wrote this in the book of Philippians. He says, I want to know Christ and the power of his resurrection and the fellowship of his sufferings and somehow attain to a great resurrection. Do you know when Paul wrote that, he was in prison? You know what had happened to him after that, or before that? He had been on three missionary journeys. He had written the majority of the New Testament. He had been beaten with rods. He had been whipped. He had been stoned. He had been left in the ocean. And he was still a young man when he writes this. He was about 60 years old, still young. Still young. And he says, I want to know Christ. And he's done all that. But he knew there's more to know. If you pursue him, you will find him. I know the journey can be tough, folks. Even when you think life is smooth and everything is working out, something will come into your world and it will shake you. It happened to me in the middle of this year. It happened out of the blue. I, I was so stunned by what was said. I, I couldn't believe it. And it just, it just knocked me around for a little bit. One day, I hope I can tell you what it was. And the question that I asked God was, how do I get through this? And you know what he said to me? My grace is sufficient for you. And that's it. My grace is sufficient for you. It does not matter what you're going through, He will get you through if you ask Him, How do I get through this? And these guys are on a journey to finding the Messiah, the newborn King of the Jews. they're following the star and the star disappears. What do you do when you don't know what to do? What do you do when you don't know what to do? Simple answer, ask someone, ask someone. Imagine these guys rocking up into Jerusalem with all this stuff and then they begin to ask, where is? He who has been born King of the Jews, the Messiah. I guarantee you that the first person that they asked, that they come across, did not actually know. Maybe not even the second person or the third person, but they kept asking. And do you know what asking does? Asking opens the way for you. Because all of a sudden, Herod the great, hears that someone is asking about a newborn king of the Jews, the Messiah. And because of their asking, a door is open for them to have an audience with Herod the Great. How astounding is that? That God opens doors that no one can open because they were simply asking and they were seeking and they weren't giving up. They were pressing in to finding who Jesus was, this Messiah. What do you do? You ask someone. And the priests are called in. The religious people are called in to give them an answer to the question they've been asking. In Jerusalem, we don't know how long they were there, but I guarantee you it didn't happen overnight, but it did happen. It happened. And they're before Herod. And Herod says to the religious people, where is he? And do you know what? Religious people know how to find Jesus. And they said, oh, this is what the prophet said. In Bethlehem in Judea. For this is what the prophet wrote. Oh, Bethlehem in the land of Judah. You are not the least amongst ruling.'" Cities of Judah, for a ruler will come from you. They knew where to find the Messiah. But it took someone else to ask the question. The answer is in the Scriptures. The answers is in the Scriptures. Every morning I post in our church prayer, the daily reading that I'm encouraging you to read. From 38 verses up to 66 verses, you'll get through the whole New Testament and a great portion of the Old Testament. And if you need an answer to a question that you're seeking, it is found in the Scriptures. It might not be the answer that you want, but it is the answer that you need. That's what I found. Have you opened the book recently? Have you read the book recently? I love what Pastor Ken said one Sunday morning. He said, people say, well, I've read it, but I've forgotten all about it. And then he asked them, did you eat yesterday? Yeah. Uh, Did you eat last week? Yeah. Did you eat last month? Yeah. Did you eat last year? Yeah. What did you eat last year? I don't know. How quickly do we forget? Do you know there was a guy who was searching for God and he's on this chariot reading the book of Isaiah and he's reading it out loud and then all of a sudden he's asked a question, do you understand what you're reading? And he goes, how can I? Do you know that God will send someone by Holy Ghost expressed to you to reveal to you what you need to know? And that's what happened to the Ethiopian eunuch. Just there. He was asking and seeking and God revealed that the Messiah would come. We've got to open the book and read the book. You know what baffles me? Well, lots of things baffle me, but, but what baffles me about this portion of Scripture and even makes me angry is that those who knew where to find Him didn't go to find Him. Those who knew where He was, how to find Him, didn't go to find Him. And God had to call a people from a different place to come and find Him to acknowledge that He would be the Messiah. I don't know. Maybe those poor religious people. Maybe they were just tired. Maybe they were just distracted. Maybe they were just hurt. And they got to a place in their life and they just said, well, yeah, whatever. I believed once. I'll just wait and see how it turns out. Maybe they were tired. Maybe they were distracted. Maybe they were hurt. Maybe they were tired, hurt, and distracted. Who knows? But they didn't seek him. There is no record of any of these religious people going with the Magi. That's what baffles me. Can I tell you this? Don't let tiredness Don't let it get to you. Don't get distracted by the things of the world. Don't let the hurts rule you. Don't let these things be a catalyst to stop you from finding Jesus. And this is what it says about those wise men. After the audience with Herod the Great, it says they went on their way. And as they went on their way, do you know what happened? They went on their way by faith again. As they went on the way, the star appeared again. Do you know that's incredible? That the star is at the beginning and that the star is at the end. It's almost like there's sowing here and there's reaping there. And there's this wonderful space of time and energy where you just can't see anything. And the star appeared, and they were overjoyed because God was moving in their circumstances because they set out by faith to Bethlehem. And it says, The star led them to Bethlehem. Do you know, at that time in history, in Bethlehem were 40,000 people. How do we know that? Because a few years before, there was a census that was taken. 40,000 people finding one person out of 40,000 that's that's just like if you went to a broncos game where most of the people were supporting them and it was almost filled one out of 40,000 people it's like a needle in a haystack it's like a savior in a manger And the star led them, and then it stopped. Now, this is how I see the picture in my head. The star is before, and they're moving after the star. I, I think maybe the star was a kilometer before, you know, before them, and they're following, and they're following, and they get to Bethlehem, they see the 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 outline of the city and they see the star, or if it's night, they see the lights. And then the star stops and they say to themselves, the star has stopped. And they move to the star. And the star came to rest on the bright morning star. And they were never the same again. You will find him if you search with him for with all your heart. You just got to keep pressing in. You know what I've seen over the last 40 years of my walk of faith? I've seen people come to Christ and they begin. I've seen pastors who have began to preach the gospel and then just to kind of like go, I'm done. Simply because they did not press in. God is calling us to press in because we have to have that spirit like Paul I want to know more. I just want to know more. I want to know who he is, and I want to know the reality of what he's done for me. And if I can press into that, do you know what? Every time I get a new, fresh revelation, it is just like liquid gold to my soul. It fortifies my strength. My soul my gives me strength for today. And it's there for you. It's just there for you. The star is there for you. And why don't we close in prayer. Jesus, we want to thank you for coming. We want to thank you that you just gave your life for us. We celebrate your birth and we remember you. And I pray, God, that we would continually seek you, the bright morning star, Lord, I pray for people who are traveling, that you would be with them and keep them safe. We pray for our nation and the nations of our world, that they would get through this time of COVID. We pray for protection, God. We pray for good health. And I pray, God, that you would bless your people. In Jesus' mighty name, amen. Amen. Thanks for listening today. I hope you subscribe to the podcast so you can be inspired weekly. God bless and have a great day.